Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Abundance Podcast. We are entering chapter 13. We are more than halfway of the book. And yeah, we're just going to dive in with this incredible chapter. So this chapter is very, very fun. It's uh, it's like going to Disneyland with them. Excellent. Let's see if you uh, think the same. <laughs> chapter 13, Illusions. Your conscience is a measure of the honesty of your selfishness. Listen to it carefully. We are all free to do whatever we want to. Isn't that simple and clean and clear? Isn't that a great way to run a universe? Almost. You forgot a pretty important part. Oh. We are all free to do what we want to do as long as we do not hurt anybody else. I know you meant that, but you ought to say what you mean. There was a sudden shambling around in the dark, and I looked at him quickly. Did you hear that? Yeah, sounds like there's somebody. He got up, walked into the dark. He laughed suddenly, said a name I couldn't catch. It's okay. No, we'll be glad to have you. No need to stand around. Come on, you're welcome, really. The voice was heavily accented. Not quite Russian nor Czech. More Transylvanian. Thank you. I do not wish to impose myself upon your evening. The man he brought with him to the firelight was... Well, he was unusual to find in a Midwest night. A small, lean, wolf-like fellow, frightening to the eye, dressed in evening clothes, a black cape lined with red satin. He was uncomfortable in the light. I was passing by. The field is a shortcut to my house. Is it? Shimoda did not believe the man. He knew he was lying, and at the same time did all he could to keep from laughing out loud. I hope to understand before long. Make yourself comfortable. Can we help you at all? I really didn't feel that helpful, but he was so shrinking. I did want him to feel at ease if he could. He looked on me with a desperate smile and turned me to ice. Yes, you can help me. I need this very much, or I would not ask. May I drink your blood? Just so. It's, it's my food. I need human blood. Maybe it was the accent. He didn't know English that well, or I didn't understand his words. But I was on my feet quicker than I had been in many a month, hay flying into the fire from my quickness. The man stepped back. I'm generally harmless, but I'm not a small person, and I could have looked threatening. He turned his head away. Sir, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Please forget what I said, anything about blood. But you see, what are you saying? I was the more fierce because I was scared. What in the hell are you saying, mister? I don't know what you are, 
Are you some kind of vamp? Shimada cut me off before I could say the word. Richard, our guest was talking and you interrupted. Please go ahead, sir. My friend is a little hasty. Donald, this guy. Be quiet. That surprised me so much that I was quiet and looked a sort of terrified question at the man, cut from his native darkness into our firelight. Please to understand, I do not choose to be born vampire. It is unfortunate. I do not have many friends, but I must have a certain amount of fresh blood every night or I whirl in terrible pain longer than I than that and I could I could not leave. Please, I will be deeply hurt. I will die if you don't allow me to soak your blood. Just a small amount, more than a pint I do not need. He advanced a step toward me, licking his lips, thinking that Shimoda somehow controlled me and I would make me and he would make me submit. One more step and there will be blood all right. Mister, you touch me, you die. I wouldn't have killed him, but I did want him to tie him up, at least before we talked too much more. He must have believed me, for he stopped and sighed. He turned to Shimoda. Have you made your point? I think so. Thank you. The vampire looked up at me and smiled, completely at ease, enjoying himself hugely, an actor on stage when the show is over. I won't drink your blood, Richard, he said in perfect friendly English, no accent at all. As I watched, he faded as though he was turning out his own light. In five seconds, he had disappeared. Shimoda sat down again by the fire. Oh, am I ever glad you don't mean what you say? I was still trembling with adrenaline, ready for my fight with a monster. Don, I'm not sure I'm built for this. Maybe you'd better tell me what's going on. Like, for instance, what, uh, what was that? Dot was a vampire from Transylvania. He said in words thicker than the creature's own. Or to be more precise, Dot was a thought form of a vampire from Transylvania. If you ever want to make a point, you think somebody isn't listening, whip them up a little thought form to demonstrate what you mean. Do you think I overdid him with the cape and the fangs and the accent like that? Was he too scary for you? Well, the cape was first class, Don, but that was the most stereotype, outlandish. I wasn't scared at all. Oh, oh well, but you get the point, at least, and that's what matters. What point? Richard, in being so fierce towards my vampire, you were doing what you wanted to do, even though you thought it was going to hurt somebody else. He even told you he'd be hurt if... He was going to suck my blood. Which is what we do to anyone when we say we'll be hurt if they don't live our way. 
I was quiet for a long time, thinking about that. I had always believed that we were free to do as we please, only if we don't hurt another. And this didn't fit. There was something missing. The thing that puzzles you is an accepted saying that happens to be impossible. The phrase is, hurt somebody else. We choose ourselves to hurt or not to be hurt, no matter what. Us who decide, nobody else. My vampire told you he'd be hurt if you didn't let him. That's his decision to be hurt. That's his choice. What you do about his decision, your choice. Give him blood, ignore him, tie him up, drive a stake of holy through his heart. If he doesn't want the holy stake, he's free to resist in whatever way he wants. It goes on and on. Choices, choices. When you look at it that way... Listen, it's important. We are all free to do whatever we want to do. And wow. that is the end of the chapter. I absolutely love it. Before we go uh, dive I, in a little bit, I want I want for you to tell me a little bit that what do you think of the first phrase? Because um, first, I was just gonna go to it. Your conscience is the measure of the honesty of your selfishness. Listen to it carefully. It's so. Amazing. How do you interpret that? It's amazing. Well, we are all selfish in a way, one way or another. We, we want things for ourselves. We do things for ourselves. We do things to other people because we want to. But how honest is our selfishness? Your conscience is the measure of the honesty of your selfishness. I love it. Or, it's, it's right. All right. So if I'm, um, if I'm uh, understanding it correctly, so basically when you are in full consciousness, uh, you are like honest about that selfishness, right? You are in, in full responsibility and you can understand why are you doing things and why do you allow others to do it, right? You're fully conscious that whatever happens to you, whatever you do, it's on, on you, right? When you are fully conscious, you would understand that whatever people do is what they want to do, and how it affects you is only up to you. Yeah. That so how amazing good. is this chapter, right? That he basically created a fictional character to teach Just him to that... Yes, yes. And how, I don't know if anybody listening, you've lived your life this way, right? Thinking like you are allowed to do uh, whatever you want as long as you don't hurt anyone. But this is a false premise because we can't control that. We can do everything right and someone still might get hurt, right? So living your life tippy-toeing, trying not to disturb others is basically impossible, right? It's it's impossible. So how can we focus completely on our own, on, on how we are feeling, on how uh, this might affect me, right? And then others can do the same, right? Imagine a, a world full of, of humans like that, where I am what fully conscious. That fo focus that you're saying, it's consciousness. Exactly. 
that is incredible. So when uh, and and I love that he was very punctual, like on the on the last part, right? Like we are all free to do whatever we want, right? And that is a uh, and you can do whatever you want, or you if you don't do anything, that is your free freedom too, right? Like it, it at the end, uh, we are always kind of feeling like, oh, I should be on this stage, I should be following this career, yeah. I should be listening to this, or I shouldn't do that, and in reality if we didn't want to do anything, it's perfect still, right? Like who tells us that we got to do anything, right? Nothing yeah, means yeah, nothing yeah. at the end. So That last phrase ties it all up together, no? It's beautiful. Listen, yeah, so, it's so. important. We are all free to do whatever we want to do. Yes. Yes. Imagine that kind of freedom, imagine that kind of liberty, and imagine that kind of life where you know that no one is a victim to anything, not yourself, not relatives, you are not uh, your past, you are not your future, you are fully present, experiencing the today with full gratitude and, and, and awareness. I think that this is a life worth living and hopefully uh, and anybody that is hearing, you can see, all right, how can I maybe, whatever thought that I'm, um, I might be playing off in my mind, can I maybe represent it in a way like a vampire and see if that is absolutely true? <laughs> and if, even if yes, all right, continue thinking that. And if not, then what other thought could be better for you to, to harvest in your mind? A vampire from Transylvania. Hello. <laughs> How good so was my dad's accent? Oh my god, a moment for that. I loved it that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I had so much fun listening to you uh, doing that accent. One of my favorite chapters so far. Excellent. So, thank you again for your time and excited to read chapter 14 coming up next. Coming up next. Yay.